are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring. My name is Jeff White, and joining me today, as always, is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. And you? I'm doing great. Yeah. I uh, I, I feel like we've um, our, our podcast endeavors of late have uh, have followed some some interesting paths, but um, this one in particular um, that we have coming up today is an, an interesting intersection for me because I was just listening to a, a Simon Sinek um, video that was being shared around the other day. I, I think it's actually fairly old, where. Um, you know, basically, Simon's uh, pontificating about the problems with millennials these days, and he's going on about how they, uh, you know, the the attention deficit that comes from the social media and mobile phone addiction, uh, the, suggesting that these poor people never develop meaningful relationships with other human beings, and on and on. It was quite dramatic assessment of it and that was just i think three days ago i was listening to that and today here we are chatting with a real live millennial guest <laughs> which i can tell you is very exciting and i'm looking forward to it so jeff please introduce sure but i mean we also have to note that as gen xers we had exactly the same things were said about us which Back is why, if you can can't see my eye roll, uh, you can <laughs> like probably you can probably hear you can, it. You can probably hear it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, joining us today is uh, Zach Garrett. Zach is a senior marketing manager in the partner program and digital experience side of things at Belden. Zach, welcome to the Cooler Ring. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Wonderful to have you, Zach. Uh, why don't you give us a, a bit of background about Belden and um, and and your uh, work there to date, if you would. Absolutely. Well, Belden's a technology company. Um, it's started in the early 1900s selling traditional wire and cable, uh, really as a copper cable manufacturer. But over the last uh, 10 to 20 years, the company has really expanded into a lot of different markets um, and has acquired uh, more than 10 companies and really offers full uh, technology solutions now from everything from the broadcast space to uh, industrial automation to uh, enterprise applications such as uh, healthcare and hospitality. Uh, my role with the company, I actually interned with Belden uh, five years ago and then came back on full time and spent about 18 months in a product marketing role and then about two months in a digital manager role and then also did some demand generation leading a team doing that. And now I manage our uh, partner network and also the digital experience. Wow, that is an interesting trial by fire. It seems like Belden's uh, uh, been keeping you busy. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, look, let's just jump right into it then. We're going to you know, be completely unfair and have you try to defend an entire generation over the course of the next 20 minutes. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, you, you graduated university, I believe, in 2014. Um uh, it's been an incredibly aggressive um, uh, career path since then uh, with, with Belden. Um, I guess uh, first things first, as a as a new marketer coming into the workforce, I, I know that you, you interned with Belden. Um, not every marketer sees themselves or a young person sees themselves working for a manufacturer. A lot of them 
um, maybe see the software as a service side of things and, and whatnot, maybe as being a bit sexier or more consumer products as being sexier. Um, talk to me about your, your, your choice of Belden. Yeah, well, it's interesting you say that. I actually, my previous internship before I went to Belden, um, I was at one of those sexy SaaS uh, companies. I was with a company called Exact Target, uh, which was an Indianapolis-based uh, email marketing provider. Um, a year after I was there, they uh, sold to Salesforce, and now it's called Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Um, they sold for about uh, $2.5 billion to them. Um, and it was everything that you would think a you know, tech startup that's grown would be. It was um, the place everybody wanted to work. Uh, it was cool. It had a great culture. Um, and but what I found with Belden that was an advantage was um, at a place like Exact Target, there was hundreds of marketing people, and it was a marketing company. Um, and so when opportunities came up, it was just harder to to seize opportunity. When I spent some time at Belden, I realized that uh, within the manufacturing space or just within a larger company, um, there's just a ton of opportunity to really take marketing to the next level and look more in the future. And so I took the gamble that if I came to Belden and spent time, I would have um, crazy opportunities that I wasn't qualified for uh, and that I'd be able to prove myself. Uh, and that's uh, that's worked out really well. Fabulous. I think uh, I think it's Henry Mintzberg, the um, MBA prof out of McGill, um, who um, was kind of like the anti-MBA guy. And uh, he he advocates that um, new new graduates should uh, it would be well served to really focus in on an industry and get deep experience as uh, as as managers uh, in, in the, that particular industry rather than bouncing around. Uh, I think he would uh, uh, he would be encouraged by hearing your uh, your last response. Um, what have been the what's, what's been the the biggest? Um, uh, I, I, I appreciate the that that you have a little bit more room to stretch your legs and room to roam uh, on the on the marketing side when you're in a company like Belden versus say Exact Target, and that's quite a quite a contrast. Um, beyond that, uh, what, what have been your biggest surprises uh, in the contrasting of those cultures and experiences? Well, I think the you know the resource and capital obviously in a manufacturing company is largely put into R and D and to operations and the things that just have to be to make a manufacturing company work. And so you know the resource allocation to marketing versus other things, uh, of course, is going to be much higher in a B two B SaaS environment. Uh, but you know I think there's a lot of similarities. Um, I think Belden is a unique culture of um, it has a, a play to win culture, a culture where people are being innovative. Um, you know, you speak about millennials. Uh, there are a ton of millennials at Belden, a ton of millennials taking leadership roles in the company and growing um, and having great influence in the company. And so I think that's credit to Belden and, and their leadership for um, recognizing that they're going to have to bring um, a younger generation in and also providing the opportunities for A players to uh, step up and, and make a difference. And. In doing so, I know that in your in your work just a few years back, you, you had led Belden through a, a bit of a, a transformation of their digital platform. It's when you relaunched a new site, among other things, and then really doubled down. It, it appears on online demand gen, among other things. I guess take me into that a, a bit. How how was it uh, championing something like that at uh, at your level of uh, at your age and experience? 
and, and, and working to bring something like that to fruition within a, a bigger corporate environment like Belvin? Yeah. So uh, about two years ago at this time, actually, we started really, uh, I had been in a digital manager role for about a year and we had really hit a lot of the metrics that we wanted to hit with the technology stacks that we had. Um, and we were on a pretty uh, outdated uh, CMS and, and some other tools that we had. Um, just we had kind of ran as far as we could with those tools. And to take things to the next level with Belden.com, we really needed to uh, migrate to a modern cloud-based CMS um, that was one of the leaders. And so I really took on an effort about two years ago to begin to push for that internally and to show people where we needed to go in order to achieve what we wanted to achieve. Um, and, uh, you know, I won't uh, say that the, the road wasn't, uh, wasn't somewhat rocky at times um, as we tried to go through our different stakeholders in, in IT uh, in other areas, getting funding from the business units. But really what we kept going back to was we kept looking at um, where we were right now and where we wanted to be and what the opportunity was to improve the customer experience. And so we talked extensively about if we want customers experience working with Belden, we want it to be a delight. Uh, we don't want it to be a burden. And we feel like a lot of manufacturers, uh, their, their experience, especially online, is a burden to work with. And companies like uh, Amazon and Google and Apple have changed the way that not only customers uh, expect uh, their B2C experiences to happen, but also their B2B experiences. And so we wanted to take uh, an initial step in moving uh, CMSs. Um, and eventually, we're able to convince people uh, by showing them a vision of where we could be and what the customer experience could be like and how that would help uh, not only the bottom line, but our customer loyalty. And we drove that home and uh, we're able to get the funding and uh, make that transition uh, from the actual implementation side. Um, it was uh, definitely a growth experience for me, uh, leading a cross-functional, cross-global uh, team who you know didn't report to me at all. I had to basically get their buy-in. Um, by convincing them of the vision and getting them on board to do what we needed to do. Um, and so leading that was a, a great learning experience uh, and something that you know I'm really proud of. I think a lot of people are really proud of here at Belden. Um, but even more so than the project, I think that that project is one of the things that helped spur um, a larger effort at Belden going on right now um, to really transform the company uh, digitally um, for all brands and not just Belden.com as the, the corporate side or the enterprise and industrial business, but all the brands we own and to really be a technology leader in the future. You know, and, and, and it's very cliche, but I mean, uh, there's no question, you know, that um, uh, you, you grew up at a time when um, a lot of these digital experience expectations are, are just absolutely baked into how you function as a just as a person um and and therefore i think uh, some of the opportunities that are presented by um, a, a digital transformation initiative such of, uh, as this are more obvious to you potentially because you you just uh, feel them more instinctively um I, I guess how has it been uh, have you found that the organization more broadly uh, do you think do you find that they need to be convinced that buyers have changed that they need to be convinced that buyer behavior has shifted or or has that ship sailed does everybody just kind of get that and and now we're on to actually how do we change to to uh to to capitalize on it where are we at with that yeah i think there there may be some room to go but i think in the last few years at least you know from my perspective in the in the few years of my career 
I think it's shifted quite dramatically that people and companies are understanding that um, they have to be they have to be digital first and they have to create good experiences for customers. And I think a large reason of that shift is when you talk about millennials as a whole, a lot of people refer to millennials as just anybody that's younger. Um, but millennials are actually, you know, by definition, anybody in their mid thirties now to their mid twenties. Um, and everybody younger than that, like the students coming out of college, just starting their career are actually part of Gen Z is what it's called. They're not millennials at all. And so what you have when that, uh, that age 35 to mid twenties, um, you're seeing a lot of people who are def- by definition, millennials starting to take leadership roles in companies. Um, not only at you know manufacturers where they're starting to have influence, but also at those manufacturers' customers. Um, and so those customers are expecting a, a better digital experience, and we're certainly seeing that on our side when we work with consultants and contractors. As um, you know, traditionally it might have been um, a, a Gen X or a different generation, uh, but now a lot of the decision makers and people we want to influence are millennials. Man, I'm going to encourage you right now to get on the speaker circuit. And start complaining about Gen, Gen Zers. Yeah. Or if you're up in Canada, it's going to be Gen Zers. But, you yeah. know, that's going to, we're going to have to work on that. But nevertheless, I, I think uh, this is, I mean, there are people who have been making money about this uh, well, literally for generations, yeah. uh, complaining about the one that comes after it and how they don't understand. So I think, <laughs> I think, we, I think there's some, there's yeah, some we, gold to be made here. Yeah, we, we've got a speaking agent. We'll turn you on to work. But, well, uh, there's there is this kind of um, we 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 kind of talked about the 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 understanding of today's buyer and and, and how you've that's helped you lead um, uh, a digital initiative. How do you find? Uh, I guess are there some traditional things that happen in the company or some traditional pieces of the marketing mix that uh, still seem out of step to you or that. Um, seem out of date, but still are obviously very important. I'm kind of thinking about trade shows uh, when I, when I say that. I guess um, uh, it's where, where do I, or do you feel that we're we're, we're really uh, there in terms of of the digital transformation of, of of the marketing enterprise, or are we kind of halfway there and kind of have our foot on both sides of it? Yeah, I think one thing that's never going to change is that people want to interact with people. And, you know, digital transformation, having great customer experiences, being able to um, automate things and have personalized content and all of that, that that comes from a digital perspective with marketing, I think will continue to improve and get better. I think bots are really interesting right now. Um, But at the end of the day, I think people still need to interact with people. And so I think the, the other shift you're seeing, you know, historically, you had a lot of inbound marketing, uh, people like HubSpot were kind of coining the term um, and people's whole marketing philosophies were inbound. And I think you're seeing this cross section now where people are still doing inbound, but they're also doing um, ABM or account based marketing. And they're targeting specific companies and specific brands with specific messages. So some of that might be digital. Some of it might be print content. Some of it might be going to events and actually talking to them. And I think you're seeing that shift because people want to, because one, there's so much noise from inbound. 
But two, we have to interact with people on a personal level. And so, you know, our ABM strategy that we work with, I am responsible for a couple of our verticals. And, you know, we are producing content from an inbound strategy and digital content uh, around hospitality is an example of one of the verticals that we have. But we also have dedicated people on our team who are meeting with customers who are going and spending time sitting on uh, standards boards, who are attending events and trade shows in their uh, being the face of the company. And I think that, you know, there will be a, maybe a swing of the pendulum back to that to some extent as we get so digital as a, as a universe uh, that people want to see more of that face-to-face. And so I don't think it'll ever be digital or ever face-to-face. I think you have to balance both of them and you have to do both really well in today's world to, to, win, at, uh, to win at marketing and win commercially. You're listening to The Cooler Ring, conversations on manufacturing marketing. Don't forget to subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring. It's funny. I was, um, I saw a tweet, uh, stream the other day from, uh, Rory Sutherland, the, uh, British ad man. Uh, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know if you follow him much at all, but, uh, he's, I think the head of creative for Ogilvy, uh, these days, but nevertheless, um, Rory, um, was uh you know kind of doing this great grumpy old man uh bit about and i I even forget the brand but he's like just like to hell with your tech stacks and changing this experience and your digital transformation and initiatives maybe just get me a customer service agent i can speak to on the phone as Uh, a person who sat on hold (laughs) last night for 25 (laughs) minutes trying to get through to a credit card company <clears throat> and never actually did get through. It would have been nice to have exactly. a few extra people to talk to. And the poking the bear response that he got was, "Rory, you know that doesn't <laughs> scale." <Yeah. laughs> I think his response was like, "That that's the problem with the world these days. Everybody's obsessed with scale. Nobody really wants scale, but economists." <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that's a good point, though, because I think, you know, when you talk about when you talk about great customer experiences, I, I think we talked a little bit about it being digitally. We want to create great customer experiences. But when you think of the best brands or companies that give great service, oftentimes it is those companies where you can get to a live human um, quickly and you can speak to someone if you need to. You know, I think I think so. I think, you know, the balance is going to be for companies. How do you make sure that you have enough support staff where you can make people make it accessible for people to do what they need to online, but also if they want to talk to people that you have those resources there? Yeah, we've certainly heard this from a number of folks that we both interviewed on the podcast and clients and just kind of in general, you know, um, just this idea that you have to be able to service the customers that you have in a better way, in a more one-to-one way and keep that experience and that kind of as HubSpot calls it, the delight, you know, uh, going after the sale. Um, what what uh, strategies are you employing with Belden to kind of keep people happy well into their relationship with the company? I think from a, you know, from a marketing perspective, um, it's always balancing your, uh, how you nurture people uh, post that initial interaction or post the sale. Uh, and we pr- we try to do that by providing relevant content that they may want um, at a high level, 
Um, and, but also, um, you know, for us, we, we work with, I run our partner programs. So we have a lot of people that we work with closely. And so we give them additional resources, help, the more that, um, they work with us, the more we try to do for them, um, to try to build that relationship. Uh, and of course, you know, getting in front of them, um, with our sales team and making sure that we're having that, uh, personal human to human relationship, uh, is also important. So I think you, you know, it's hitting it from all ways to try to maintain and nurture that relationship and, and grow the business. The sales um, uh, organization at Belden, uh, h- how has that trends, uh, h- how has that changed, I guess, um, as the digital transformation e- effort has unfolded? There's a, uh, there's certainly, I mean, you don't have to go back, you, know, you just have to look at the Wayback Machine uh, in, in your browser to and look at the Belden website to see where you uh, come from, from a website and kind of the, the marketing face perspective. Um, uh, so I understand, uh, in, at least in some ways, how you're transitioning on the marketing side for today's buyer. How is that uh, shifted on the sales front? I think you know it depends by business unit within Belden. Belden's a, a, a large company with a lot of different markets, so there's different kinds of customers and different sales needs. But from you know my business unit, I think we still have a, a fairly traditional sales model. Um, I kind of look at, um, you know, all the stuff that we do digitally or from a marketing um, with a, a military analogy is kind of the Air Force, um, you know, with flying over and, and, and dropping the things we need to drop, supporting the guys on the ground um, who are, are in the fight every day. Uh, and I think that we still have, you know, people regionally that focus on regional accounts and help growing business regionally and a lot of uh, relationship based selling. And then we also have uh, teams dedicated to more strategic accounts who are focused on end users, uh, helping solve their challenges um, targeted by, you know, specific company. Um, so I think, you know, like a lot of companies, we still have a traditional sales force. I think it um, will continue to be something that's, you know, very important. I, I think digital is a way to help and a way that we need to continue. But, you know, like I've said, I, I think that that, that personal touch in, in the, the traditional sales uh, teams and function is going to stick around. How uh, how integrated were the sales teams with uh, with you folks as you built the new website? Did you bring them in and uh, get their participation and ask them questions about the kinds of things that they're hearing from their customers? Or were you kind of working a little bit more siloed than that? Yeah, absolutely. We got their feedback. You know, one of the challenging things as a marketer is is sometimes the feedback you get is just that something sucks. Right. And that and that's hard to that's hard to quantify and then improve from that. Um, so we, have, we never get that. Zach. We don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. But, you know, you because I think, you know, for for that team and it's a different function, um, all they can see is what you currently have. And so when you ask them, you know, what do you think of our website? They say, oh, it sucks. Uh, well, how can we make it better? You know, well, I don't know. And so we can make it not suck. Yeah, <laughs> it makes not suck exactly. I've, I've heard that many times. Um, so I think the strategy that we took was we started uh, brainstorming, sketching things out, putting some structure together, and showed that to them first, and said, "Okay, forget what we have right now. Look at these templates. Look at the plan. Look at this idea of where we're going, and give us feedback based on that." 
And I think that was really helpful uh, for us. And they were able to give us great feedback. Once we were able to put a visual in front of them and show them the direction we wanted to head, um, they know what the customer needs much better than I do. You know, they know what that customer is going to want. Um, but I think when you talk about things like a website or digital, um, you know, it may not be their sweet spot. So if you can kind of give them a visual of what you're trying to do, um, they can help give you input. And that certainly helped us refine what we wanted to do. Uh, and also, you know, during that time, we're able to set expectations that, um, you know, I'm under no impression that Belden.com currently does everything that we need to do. I think we're working towards it. We're uh, continually making uh, further expansions into um, our catalog and our search functionality and um, how smart our, our content is. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a good time to level set to and say, OK, you know, here's where we need to get in the end state and here's what we can do now and getting their feedback on through each stage of the process so that you can continually make it better. Well, Zach, this has been a fantastic conversation. I wonder if we might conclude with a few, uh, uh, I think this may, may well be the last podcast we do where we uh, uh, ask folks to project what the next year might bring, but I say that and then who knows, I may change my mind, but, um, uh, but I'm curious, uh, um, where where you're seeing things going as the uh, calendar prepares to uh, flip over to another year here? Um, what, what's the what's the big focus for 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 Belden in 2019? Yeah, I think from a commercial from a marketing perspective, I think you're going to see three things, and I think we've touched on them. They're not necessarily groundbreaking, but I think you're going to see more evidence within our company and within manufacturing and within uh, marketing as a whole. I think number one, you're going to see companies putting more and more effort and energy into creating amazing customer experiences and taking their customer experience online, the support, all of it, um, the delivery to the next level to try to win loyalty and win business as customers expect that now. I think secondly, you're gonna see a lot more of account-based marketing where people, instead of just having a shotgun approach of making blogs or white papers or case studies for a whole industry or just in general on an application, they're going to be targeted towards something very specific, maybe a company or a niche and spending more of their efforts doing that to try to gain a, a larger ROI. And then I think third, you're going to have a continued push for that human to human marketing. You know, that in everything that we do, that we're authentic, that we're not just, you know, sending out mass things that we're personal, we're authentic, we're getting in front of uh, people uh, and they really feel like they're not just working with brands or working with websites, but they're actually working uh, with people behind the scenes. Um, and then I guess lastly, uh, you asked me to defend millennials. Um, so I'll throw in that I think, you know, you're going to see millennials continue to take more and more leadership roles in companies. And I, th I think the common misconception with millennials is that, um, you know, in every generation, you have your bad apples. I'm sure in Gen X, there are bad apples and millennials, they're bad apples. Uh, in Gen Z, there's bad apples. Um, but there's a lot of great millennials who are hungry to grow. They're hungry to learn. Um, I know, you know, people like me and, and the people I know, they want to be part of something bigger than themselves and they want to do things outside the box. They want to uh, make groundbreaking change for companies. Um, and I think that's something that companies should uh, welcome with open arms. And I think you're going to see more and more of that from maybe traditional manufacturing companies who have influence for millennials, that they'll continue to push the envelope and, and do new things to try to attract customers and take their business to the next level. Well, Zach, perhaps we can make 2019 the year where we stop talking about millennials like they're a, 
uh, um, like a zoo exhibit or something to be watched from afar. I wonder how they behave. I, I, I've got to say, I just have never found it to be my experience. I, I was actually told the other day that um, uh, my professional um, uh, continued existence depends on me being Peter Pan, basically, the boy that never gets old. So, uh, so therefore, uh, I was told in some way my view on this is a bit skewed. But I, I guess the bottom line is I just have not found, um, you know, I, I surround myself with people who would fall into the group of millennials uh, every day. And, and we I, continue to be impressed by their output. Yeah, not, I, I find, uh, you know, I guess the, this notion that this blinded by, um, by technology, uh, a failure to create deep relationships, et cetera, et cetera, is just not the experience that I've seen. Um, and in some ways, I think, frankly, if I was being critical of my own generation, I, I think um, millennials have figured a few things out that we we didn't. I, I actually think that um, people of my vintage are a lot more likely to be obsessed by um, uh, technology and maybe um, just kind of uh, absorbed by it. Um, whereas I think millennials are more likely to know and put Facebook in its place among other, uh, uh, technologies. So, uh, all that to say, I, uh, I don't share the same dim view that many others do. And, uh, and I didn't assume you would either, <laughs> but, uh, hopefully we can just stop talking about it in 2019. Zach, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's been uh, fun talking to you guys. We shall uh, catch up uh, at some point next year with any luck, and uh, and hopefully we can reminisce about that that time way back when when people used to talk about millennials. <laughs> Sounds good. Look good. Thank you, guys. Uh, and I hope you have a, a, a great time uh, continuing to move the yardsticks forward at Belden, and uh, best of luck with that. Will do. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.